So during this um, time, uh, prior the four Sundays, prior to Christmas, we uh, take a pause and we light candles. And, you know, I tell people all the time, uh, the one thing you'll always have with Pastor Brian is Advent candles because I just love the imagery. And I thank you so much, uh, you know, uh, for Danielle and Matt for lighting that uh, candle that we have today, which was the candle of peace. Last week was the candle of hope. Next week we'll do the candle of joy. And then finally we'll do the last one, the candle of love. And I always think that there's so much powerful imagery connected with the sense that in the midst of the pain, the darkness, the hurt of life, that a light has come to overcome the darkness. And we show that so powerfully in the lighting of the Advent candles. And so during these four Sundays, uh, our pastoral team, Robbie, Jared, and I are doing a series about the heart that grew three sizes. Of course, uh, even little Eliza down front, she'll know what that is alluding to, which is the old Grinch. Uh, you know, the movie came out uh, right about a year after I was born, two years after I was born, and I still hear Boris Karloff in my sleep, you know, with that deep voice, you know, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. And, you know, that has really formed a great part of kind of my childhood as every, uh, this time every year, we would gather around and watch those kind of imagery. And, you know, there's something, I think, endearing about that old Grinch, you know, the one who uh, uh, has like, uh, uh, he's a mean one, he's got like a crocodile, and uh, he has all the meanness, the smile, the sinister smile. But we know a little bit of the storyline, do we not? that his goal was to steal Christmas. Particularly, he dressed up like Santa. You know, he got all the bags. He put Max on the sleigh, and down they went, down from the top of Mount Crumpet, went down into Little Whoville, uh, and began to steal all the things that gave the Who's hope. <laughs> Stole all the presents, all the gadgets. But not only that, he stole their uh, musical instruments, you know, the ting-tinglers and the, uh, all the drums that played. And his goal also was to kind of steal their uh, sense, uh, uh, really, of that uh, connection that we talk about, uh, not only of hope, but also, um, and Brian just went blank. Um, I'm, I'm preaching about it all day today. My, my ba brain is bad. Uh, the candle of, what did you just light? Um, the second one, peace. <sighs> I'm sorry, I had a bad Brian brain moment. Uh, the, the peace that Christ offers. And, and what the Grinch wants to do is not allow them to have the music that brings the, the peace that I think all of us crave. And so uh, we are going to be doing uh, this series on the heart that grew three sizes. The Grinch tried to steal hope. The Grinch tried to steal peace. But he was unsuccessful because what he began to realize is that, you know, 
It's not dependent upon the gizmos and the gadgets. It's not about the musical instruments that make what this season is intended to be. That the light has overcome the darkness. I want to be looking at a scriptural passage today, uh, which uh, is from the prophet Isaiah. Now, Isaiah uh, had been given a vision by his God during really a very challenging time in his nation's existence. At that time, in the 700s, that the uh, kingdom of Babylon had come down and had conquered the northern tribes. Remember, there were 12 tribes, and the 10 northern ones had been conquered and shipped away. And the remaining two, uh, which was kind of based down around Jerusalem, that they had a sense of foreboding, that the enemy was powerful, was knocking on their door, and at that point, uh, they often didn't feel uh, they had a, a great deal of what uh, the things that God had given them, and that peace seemed very elusive. In fact, we read uh, earlier in Isaiah about how he was this phrase that we know, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace. And he's been given, the prophet has been given a vision, now in the midst of the turmoil that's happening politically, economically, all around them, to what the presence of this Messiah, this promise of God, will bring. This is Isaiah chapter 11 that I'd like to read for you now. A shoot shall come from the stump of Jesse. Okay, a stump had been cut off, and so but a, a shoot's going to pop up, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and might, a spirit of knowledge in the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of this earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, his faithfulness the belt around his loins. And then the wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. This vision of the peaceable kingdom from Isaiah chapter 11. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth, the meditations of each of our hearts, they're going to be found loving and acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are our rock. You are our redeemer. Amen. Well, um notes here. Um, uh, As Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, opens up, we begin to see that this uh, man uh, has really has a deep-seated hatred towards this season, uh, that he talks about how his heart had shrunk. And he's up on the top of Mount Crumpet, 
And what he uh, really despises is how much joy that all those who's down in Whoville are going to have on Christmas. And the thing that uh, they'll come out and they'll bang their jam jamblers and all those kind of toys and, and uh, the noise will go out. And he kept saying, I hate the noise, noise, noise. <laughs> you know, uh, he simply wants quiet. He wants that deep, abiding peace. But his heart has been restless. He's bitter, he's angry, and he doesn't want anyone else to have any joy at all. And so, you know, he's determined he's going to destroy that peace. And so what does he do? Uh, he goes down, he dresses up, he steals all their stuff. And at that point, um, he sits there and uh, thinks that he has ruined the uh, Christmas for all the Who's down in Whoville. But then what we know comes about in the movie is that despite the gizmo, not having any of the toys, not having any of the gadgets, not having any of the music makers, what do the Who's do? They all come out, they join hands, and what do they do? They start singing. And that that sound goes up. And here, what the Grinch wanted was to hear the boo-hoo-hoo. -hoo. <laughs> Instead, he hears uh, the noise of joy that comes from, I think, an abiding peace that God gives us that despite the circumstances we find ourselves in, that uh, we can find that inner peace of what is buzzing all around us. And so here we come on this time of Advent, and you'll see, maybe, I'm pretty confident you've probably gotten a few Christmas cards maybe already in the mail uh, that have come about. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of those Christmas cards will have peace on earth, right? And you'll see that phrase that comes about. You'll hear that you come to church and you'll see Matt and Danielle lighting the candle of peace. You'll see banners, perhaps, where it talks about peace. And yet, it seems that peace is so elusive, doesn't it? I mean, we see, uh, turn on any media source, your news feeds. You're going to see muggings, maybe shootings. You're going to see a great deal of anger and conflict. You're going to see people who are just bitter and angry towards another group for a whole host of reasons. And you often think that peace seems a very elusive quality, doesn't it? I mean, I, I did a little research. You realize in the course of just 300 years, that in Europe, I'm not talking Africa and Asia and North America, just in Europe, 300 years, there have been 30 different wars. Uh, average out about 10, uh, one every 10 years. And I'm talking a significant conflict. 300 years, 30 wars. And right now, all you got to do, as you see over in the Ukraine, 
of how here has been uh, a large country, the Soviet Union, that has come and just launching rockets and trying to violate the sovereignty of the Ukraine? And what is the response to that? Can there be peace that's happening in the Ukraine? <laughs> you see that not only in uh, between nations, what about in even things we call recreation? Okay, I mean, isn't recreation supposed to be relaxing? Isn't it supposed to be fun? Uh, no, you see people, all these brawls that are happening. I mean, they just came down, uh, the NCAA uh, issued, uh, any of you Michigan State uh, alumni out there, if you, you're a Spartan, uh, they had this big fight right in the tunnel uh, uh, of the game between Michigan and Michigan State, and now they've just uh, issued uh, a felony um, um, indictments against several of the Michigan State players. And this is playing a sport. <laughs> this is supposed to be fun. And yet, uh, where do you find peace uh, within a locker room? And, you know, not only within recreation, we also uh, see how much conflict there is um, uh, even within our households where families just, you know, go head to head and conflict happens over Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, and many times, you know, they, you, you want peace on earth. I think we would settle many times with peace in our living room, <laughs> okay? And yet, here we are, we light the candle of peace, and we have to ask ourselves, how do we obtain, how do we discover what exactly is this elusive thing that Christians uh, call uh, peace? Well, um, you know, I read a passage of scripture from Isaiah. And Isaiah is giving a vision of what we would call the peaceable kingdom. And he is, his country is in the midst of deep conflict. Uh, that uh, the southern tribes have just been conquered, the northern tribe, or the northern tribe, no, excuse me, northern tribes have been conquered, the southern two tribes that are remaining are under significant threat, and people are like, I, they don't even know what the next day is going to bring. And here is the vision that Isaiah has been given about a, uh, you know, a lamb and a lion sleeping together and both of them getting a sense of a peaceful sleep. <laughs> and you're like, what's that about? And you know, for many of us, the imagery that we come from Isaiah uh, is this what's called the peaceable kingdom. Uh, I'm pretty confident you have seen the artwork that accompanies this. Uh, the artist's name was Edward Hicks. He uh, drew in the early 1800s Edward Hicks was a Quaker. And for those of you who may or may not know about the Quakers, this is what's called the peace religion, okay? Uh, they don't believe in violence in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I'm very opposed to things like slavery and the, that kind of stuff. And the Quakers uh, were a uh, very uh, prevalent religious group in the early 1800s in America, specifically around Pennsylvania. Uh, the Pennsylvania Quakers, you know. And uh, so what you may not know 
is that Edward Hicks wrote this, uh, drew this series of drawings called The Peaceable Kingdom. And in it, you'll have this imagery of a lion and a lamb right next to each other, and other kinds of animals who are historically in conflict, and they're close together, and they're all resting. And off in the background, there is a group of Quakers, you know, with their distinctive hat, think Quaker oats, okay? And you also then have uh, you have a group of Native Americans, and they're all reaching out, and it's this vision of harmony in the peaceable kingdom. But here's the thing, friends. In Edward Hicks' early drawings, he started drawing these in the early 1800s, that uh, it's front and center in his drawings of the peaceable kingdom, there was a little child that was in the center. But what you don't know is that Edward Hicks' paintings began to change as the years went by. Because of things that were happening in Edward Hicks' life. Now, the group of Quakers began to actually splinter and split. They had different kinds of disagreements and arguments. And the Quakers, the, the peaceful group, uh, they often actually became very divisive and broke one from another. And that was reflected quite a bit in Edward Hicks' later drawings. They called it the latter peaceable kingdom. Because now, what you began to see is the animals were actually kind of in conflict with another. That the uh, groups of the Quakers and the Native Americans were drawn much further apart. And that the thing is, you didn't find a child in any one of his latter paintings. <laughs> because you see, what we get a sense is this vision of what peace we want this absence of conflict is something that because of our broken human nature a brokenness that comes even a bunch of quakers that we begin to see the conflict that pops up and how division occurs and that that harmony that peace i think that we crave that if the little child is not at the center of that it just kind of falls apart, as it did for Edward Hicks and his visions of the peaceable kingdom. And yet, friends, we come here today to worship a Jesus, a Savior, who we often title the very Prince of Peace. That's one of the titles that Isaiah references, the Prince of Peace. But what exactly does it mean to say that Jesus is the Prince of Peace? I mean, for instance, if you go into the scriptures, you're going to come across the phrase. Uh, you'll see in, for instance, in John chapter 14, this phrase, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. I read that at every funeral message that I kind of watch over. Peace I give to you, my peace I, give to, or I present to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let them not be afraid. John chapter 14. And yet, huh, that's John chapter 14, peace I leave with you. But then in Matthew chapter 10, he says this, I've come not to bring peace, but a sword. How do you reconcile that? Really? How do you reconcile that here is this prince of peace, 
This Jesus the Christ, and he says, peace I give unto you, and yet he says, I'm going to be the source of division. Okay, brother with sister, parent with child, I will cause the division of humanity. How do you reconcile that? Well, Frederick Buechner, great uh, author, he puts it beautifully. He says, for Jesus, peace seems not to have meant an absence of struggle, but the very presence of love. Do you hear that? What is peace? It's not just this absence of, of struggle. It's the very presence of love. And here's the reality. Most of us, we're just content just to have a little bit of harmony in our homes. But Jesus wants so much more. In fact, I'm going to make kind of a bold claim that in the battleground that happens in each one of our souls, that we all have to make decisions upon. There is the, the side of darkness, of hate, of bigotry, okay, of racism, yeah, uh, uh, of uh, you know, exerting pain. That is the darkness that's all around us. But friends, we have an alternative view that if we embrace righteousness, of justice, of mercy, of love, of kindness, the fruit of the Spirit that Jesus offers to us, then we can be find a sense of what real peace is going to be about. And it's not just, you know, uh, kumbaya and, you know, all nice and sweet. I think many times I heard this phrase. I love it. Most people think Jesus is like a kind of celestial Mr. Rogers, you know? We all love Mr. Rogers, right? Mr. Rogers is a nice dude, right? He never asks you to do anything. He always speaks in a very soothing voice, and he's very kind. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I would venture to say that Jesus really states that in the battleground of the soul, you got to make a choice. And who is it that you seek to follow? You're going to follow the path of selfishness and sin? Or are you going to really choose my path, the path of mercy, righteousness, and joy? And so, you know, uh, I often say that in the passage of Scripture that I read to you out of Isaiah chapter 11, it talks about a shoot that will emerge from the stump of Jesse. And, you know, you have to realize that for a shoot to emerge, that what had been previously is going to be cut off. <laughs> but God is going to constantly bring newness into life. And I believe that where our real peace can emerge from is not by the United Nations. <laughs> That's not going to be a source of peace. It's not going to come from, you know, Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk thinks he, through technology, is going to bring peace into the world. I'm telling you, Elon Musk is not going to be a source of peace, okay? It's not going to come from him. It's not going to come from, uh, you know, uh, technology. It's not going to come from people who just shower down money. It's not going to come from any of that. It's going to come when each one of you make a decision to surrender your heart to this Prince of Peace, the one who's come to fill you with joy, hope, and love. You know, I love a, a passage. 
of Scripture that um, it's in Roman or in Colossians chapter one. It goes like this: um, God was pleased to reconcile Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of His cross. How is it that we find peace in accepting that which Jesus so freely offers? A relationship which makes us right and whole. And it's shown most beautifully in these elements that we're going to receive in just a moment. When we take that bread uh, and we drink that cup and we realize God's mercy and grace poured upon us. Let's be in an attitude of prayer. Holy and gracious God, we come here today really seeking a deep abiding peace and it's not dependent upon just the absence of wars it's not just peace doesn't come through technology it doesn't come through just nobel peace prizes instead it comes in a right relationship with you and that right relationship is offered to everyone in this room you don't force it upon us you offer it but we have to receive. And when we do, despite the circumstances we find ourselves, even when our presents are taken away and, and our musical instruments are removed, that we too can sing, sing to your glory, because we know that you are the real Prince of Peace. We ask all these things in Christ Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen.